Welcome to this Farm Advisory Service podcast. On this podcast, Ashley Forster speaks to two young crofters who use social media to tell their story and also help educate their followers about crofting life. Ashley chats to Carrie Ann McDonald from North Uist, who tells us of the opportunities that have come their way through using social media. She then talks to Donald McSween from Lewis, who tells us examples of how he uses the social media platform in his business. Okay, so we have Carrie Ann McDonald here, who lives on North Uist, and she's going to tell us about how she uses social media for the family business successfully. So, hi, Carrie Ann. Hi, Ashley. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Do you want to start off by telling us a bit about yourself and how you ended up crofting and involved with the Ardvan Highland cattle business? Okay, I'll do my best. Okay, so hi, I'm Carrie Ann. Um, I'm 26 years old and I work on a croft and farm on the Isle of North Youth in the Isle of Hebrides. I actually grew up with crofters. My grandparents were both crofting when I was very, very young, but by the time I went into secondary school, they had both retired from it. So like my parents were both full-time jobs. They never carried it on or anything like that. And I went off to university when I left secondary school. I went to Aberdeen to study neuroscience with psychology. As you can see, that did not last very long. Um, I did a year and a half and I was just so unhappy and terribly homesick that I ended up coming home back to Gearloch, where I actually come from, in uh, Wester Ross. Uh, it was shortly after that, maybe six months later, that I actually met Fraser at a mutual friend's wedding. And it was through Fraser that I ended up out here. Obviously, Fraser and his family live on North Uist. Um, we married in 2017 and I've lived here since 2014 now, and um, I work full-time on the farming crops. That's kind of how I ended up here. So I moved here in 2014, and really from the word go, I've been involved with the cattle. I mean, Fraser took me straight out and had me round about and about the cows, and fell in love with it straight away. Um, we, do, we do have um, sheep as well, although I'm not as partial to them as I am the cows, but they are there, and I do have to deal with them. And we recently acquired two pigs as well, just last year. The, the Highland cattle is the main business, but that's, that's not solely ourselves. That's actually the family. It's, it's a family farm. So we're all a big team and we all work in it together. I'm the only person that's actually full time on the farm. Everybody else is juggling other jobs. So I just oversee the day-to-day -day duties. And I've been doing that since I moved here in 2014. So six years has gone by pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> So when did you first start to use social media to tell your farming story as such? I think I pretty much started using it right away, but not mm -hmm. necessarily. It was never really for the for the purposes of, of selling or anything like that. I, I just share my posts because I like to. I, I just uh, I, I love my job. I'm totally living the dream and I really enjoy what I do. And I just I love to share it with other people if that makes sense. And it's kind of just um, expanded over the years with just people getting more and more interested with the Highland cows, especially because of course, they're such an iconic breed. I don't, I don't really share it. I, I share the odd post about the sheep. Lamb, lambing time, there's always cute lambs and things on the go, but the cows is the main one. Um, but no, I think I was just, it was, I just started it just because kind of thing. So when you realize that you start to get more followers that when people that you know as such, 
did you have to try and build your brand into your posts? Like how do you portray what your business aims are, what your brand aims are into into your social media posts? Do you do that? Yes and no, but maybe maybe not intentionally. Um, I obviously I did get with as I was posting more and more, and I did I did get more and more interest, and I did actually have people inquiring about say buying heifers or do we have steers for sale kind of thing. Um, but I use it more just to tell our story. Our, our van has been on the go long before I was born. It started in the seventies, and it's got such a unique history with lines that go back to the very first Highland Cattle Herd book that was published in the late 1800s, I think it was 1885. And there is an awful lot of history in there. And it's really Angus. Angus has taken Ardvan from six cows on a small cross in 1985 to what it is today, which we now have about 250 head of pedigree Highland cattle plus 50 shorthorn cross followers. So over the past 20, 30 years, that's an incredible expansion. And I just thought, and I've, I've listened, when I first moved here, I would listen to Angus and Fraser discussing the cows. And, and I did, I had no idea that each and every single one of these pedigree cattle have a name. And of course I got- I know, how do you remember all of those names? Oh, so it's crazy. And I remember when Fraser first took me around Valley and was showing me all the cows and he was going, this is called Bria, and that one's called Myra, and that one's called Lily. And I was going, how can you actually tell them apart? Like, they all look the same to me. But uh, now that I spend each and every single day with the cows, I can't tell, I can't tell one from the other, even the calves. It's, it's, it is amazing what you can what you can do when you spend just about every day with your animals. And after having listened to them tell their stories, I just thought it was nice to share it with the world. Well, like the world, kind of. One sort of big factor was we attend the Oban pedigree sales every February. It's a pedigree bull sale every February. And we do take heifer calves to that too. Mm -hmm. And before you, go, before you go to the sale, you have to submit your entries. Uh, to the Highland Cattle Society a couple of months before and all of these entries are put into a catalogue and you have like a wee, um, when you submit the entry for each animal you have an option to write a sort of a little additional comment at the bottom and I just started sort of putting in like little sort short snippets of that particular pedigree's story and then it kind of gave me the idea um, well, you know, it's all very well putting it in this catalogue for the pedigree sale, but I actually think it would be quite nice to not to just share it with everyone rather than just people that are coming to the sale. So that's really where that came from to start then putting it on social media and it's just sort of gone boom. Like I've got loads of different kinds of people interested in what I post. That's great. Yeah, so where are your followers mainly from? Is it UK or all over, all over the world? all over the world it's, it is nuts i honestly can't believe it i've had people in america um australia new zealand I'll, 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 pro I'll probably touch on that later but i mean i've even had i had a chap from ntd television which is a tv company based in new york who wanted wow. to share one of the videos that i posted and to, uh, asked for my permission and that got so much coverage but then it directed the people that were on that platform to then come to our Facebook page. Directly. And my followers mm -hmm. just 
overnight it was crazy <laughs> so what social media platforms do you actually use facebook twitter well I only, I only use facebook and instagram i think i touched mm-hmm. on I t- well before before my highland cattle days i did touch on twitter when i was in university and i just i didn't enjoy it at all i had, I had no interest in it and i didn't touch on that one so it's just facebook and instagram that i use and do you do you get more interaction from one platform than the other one Probably get, I think I know I get more questions I think from Instagram. I do I get I get a lot of comments on Facebook. I, I get some comments on Instagram, but the comments are mainly like compliments. Uh, you get the odd question here and there, but because I do, but Instagram has the story option. I know that Facebook has um, taken that on recently, but it was really through my Instagram stories, I'll be posting Instagram stories, the stories tend to get a lot of, um, what's the word, interaction, interaction from other people and they sort of fire over questions and ask you what you're getting up to kind of thing. So I, I find probably the interaction more Instagram, but it's probably still equal on Facebook with the amount of likes and, co- and um, just compliment comments that you get. So I don't mm-hmm. know which one is better, to be honest. I just what? use both because you can link them, Instagram and Facebook, you can link them up so it's handy yeah so what kind of questions do people ask you like I know some Instagram accounts that I follow they'll put up the question and answers and it's always interesting to see what questions people come up with so what kind of questions do you get asked well examples are there's a whole variety um what what do we do with the cows so why do we have them are they for meat what happens when they stop breeding when they're not having calves anymore what happens when they die can they be used for milk and um, oh, we, we've had quite a lot of people asking actually if we supply semen semen straws for artificial insemination we actually don't but that one's quite a common one so it's a mix then of people in the industry yeah, and people just curious yeah people, people just wanting more information just being curious being nosy whatever you could call it <laughs> <laughs> and do you have to have a strict posting schedule because you post quite a lot. Do you plan it in advance or is it just pretty ad hoc? No, no it's kind of really, it's more, most often, it's more likely for me, it's usually at night when I'm home. If I do happen to get a chance during the day, if I'm in for lunch, I'll just do it then. I don't really have a strict time. I know there are, not, not that I would know, I think there is supposed to be specific times when you're likely to target more people, but I don't work for that. I just post when I can. Would you say that using social media has led to any interesting opportunities for yourself or for the Highland Cattle business? It has actually. We have had a variety of people actually coming out to film us um, driving the cattle across to Valley. I've actually had somebody here recently, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say who yet until it's aired, so I won't drop any names. But <laughs> in the past, we've had a country file. I think we've had country file twice actually. Once when I was here, and I think we had country file back in 2010, follow, following them around, we had, we had a, a chap come over from the Times newspaper who wanted to get pictures to the Times, so he followed us and took lots of nice pictures while we were driving a, the cattle along the road and then across the beach to Valley. So and there's been quite a few um, of those. Um, what other one? We've had, like I, I was saying earlier, we've had um, popular pages sharing um sharing my posts um visit scotland um on facebook and they've got instagram as well they, they've shared a few of my posts that i've just gone hate because they've got a mass following so those posts have just gone nuts 
particular favourite was when I shared uh, not too long ago, I was paddling, I was paddling in the sea with the cows. It was a really, really hot day. Cows were in the sea and I went paddling through and that was a hit. People absolutely loved that. Um, it's also opened up opportunities for sales. The beauty of social media is you have a huge audience. So perhaps it was people that hadn't really thought about getting Highland Castle. Um, they just never crossed their minds. And then the posts just came up through maybe their mutual friends sharing something. It sort of planted the seed in their head. And I have, I have secured a few sales through that. And I even had one lady ask me if she could adopt a Highland cow. <laughs> which is quite an interest. Well, I'm actually still looking into it because we're obviously we're not a zoo, so I could don't have anything set up for that. I couldn't like don't I couldn't send a receipt or you know I I don't even know what these zoos do for people that adopt. I think they send them like fact sheets and things like that. And <laughs> um, I yeah I need to look into it a bit more. I don't really know the answer to that. When it's just me, it was just the other day. So what sort of equipment do you use, Carrie Ann, for? For your social media, do you have any fancy gadgets, any drones? Do you use the laptop? Yeah, no, I would, I would love, well, to start, I would love to have a drone. I wouldn't know how to use it. Uh, we have had um, we have had people take drone footage off us, for instance, when we film crews doing the, coming with us for the cattle drives. Me, personally, I just use my, my phone. I recently upgraded, actually, to the iPhone 11 Pro, so it's got a really, really good camera on it. So I get all my pictures and all my videos like that. My phone is with me all the time. So it's just, it's handy. If you are um, into photography, then by all means, take along your fancy camera. And um, and then obviously you'll need a laptop, I'm guessing, or something to upload it to. I actually do have a GoPro. Michelle got me that for Christmas last year. I still haven't set it up. I really need to. I really do need to get that set up because that would be a great tool. We'll probably put often talked about la laughing about um, sticking it either on one of the dogs that come with me every day or even popping it on a cow. So that would make some even more interesting footage. So, but for me personally, it's just my phone. So you obviously get a lot of compliments and a lot of questions, but have you ever attracted negativity? Have you ever had any negative oh, comments posted? Of course. There's mm. always got to be one. I always mean, one. Major the majority of are always very complimentary, always very positive. Of course, no matter how beautiful your your post, however great it is, there is always going to be somebody that's got to spoil it. How do you navigate that? Well, to be honest, I'd say the best way is just really to ignore it, not to rise to it. Because I've had a few, I've had a few compliment, uh, sorry, a few negative comments from some animal activists. So mm -hmm. they obviously they haven't thought to look into what act, what we actually do and just go to immediately assume that we just slaughter all our cows willy-nilly, they have a terrible life, they go off to the abattoir and they're murdered horribly, um, which of course is not the case. And I even had one chap tell me how irresponsible I was for posting the video of me paddling in the sea with my cows. Um, I was obviously not a farmer and uh, I hadn't got a clue what I was doing. So that was a very interesting one. And I actually did take the time to respond to that, to be like, you know, excuse me, actually, these are our cows. I am the farmer. You know, I have a right to be doing what I'm doing, you know, and not just chilling out here with some random cows. Mm -hmm. And of course, he sort of expanded onto even bigger arguments that it was still ridiculous. So I just, you know, you just 
don't bother replying don't bother that's what my advice would be there's just absolutely no point because the people that do tend to post these negative comments don't want they don't they don't want to listen to what you have to say however on the other hand i have had a few people who are not necessarily of the same opinion as me they don't necessarily agree with farming they they are vegetarian slash vegan for their own choice but they did ask me some questions about what we actually do our practices our animal husbandry and they appreciated that although we are meat eaters and we don't necessarily uh, sort of agree with each other if we decide to eat meat then this is a it's a, it's a good way to do it because we are organic we're, we're an organic farm we raise our cattle in a nice friendly humane manner and i could i could go into huge great depth about this but you'd be here all day so <laughs> <laughs> so no, i have uh, negative comments are minimal and um it's always it's always nice when you do have people that don't necessarily agree with what you're doing but they take the time to ask you questions and appreciate your answers so you spoke about or it's quite clear that you've had some benefits from from using social media to 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 promote your business whether that's the sales country file being in the newspaper that kind of thing but how would you say that social media can benefit other crofters and small scale producers that are thinking about starting to to use the platforms well i think it's it opens up an advertising opportunity so it gives you an option to advertise your product whatever that product may be be it livestock even vegetables knitwear if you're if you're into wool so first and foremost is that it advertises you get you gain a huge following through social media through sort of your friends your friends share your posts they go to an even wider audience you can share you can share them on um sort of dedicated crofting groups and that again is a bigger audience so there is advertising it also gives you the opportunity to talk to other crofters and farmers and mm -hmm. say say if you were you had a question about something or you were struggling i've done this myself you speak to other farmers and they answer your queries and you get your problem solved kind of thing so you'd say there's quite sense. a good yeah you'd say there's quite a good community for crofters already on social yeah. media yeah there is i've um i've probably myself interacted more with other crofters or and farmers on instagram that's again through the story story kind of option um what, one example i actually had with that was i was having an awful job have, with one of my calves she just would not suck a bottle i tried everything and this um this this girl that i thought that i follow on instagram the chief shepherdess suggests who and she'd heard this trick from another crop from another farmer um a dairy farmer i think if you put a piece of chocolate in the calf's mouth it'll encourage them to suck and it worked well it works on i've had one that it did not work with but any other problem calves it has absolutely worked um so i did not have that knowledge until I asked the question on Instagram and somebody else answered me and she'd had it from asking the question herself. So, you know, the knowledge is getting passed along the line, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. More important now, I guess, as well with not being able to, to see people and having limits on yeah. the number of group sizes you can have. So if you can reach out to other crofters online, other small scale producers. Yeah. So, again... 2020 wouldn't be 2020 without a, a covid a covid question 
So how has social media helped you keep in contact with your customers during the pandemic? Has it helped? In, the, in this sense, the beauty of social media is you don't have to see anyone face to face. So, you know, the inquiries have kept on coming. I can keep carrying on with my posts. I haven't had to stop posting on Facebook because or Instagram because of COVID. Um, so people are still carrying on seeing what I'm getting up to and what the cows are getting up to. We have actually, I, I have no idea if it's got anything to do with COVID. You can't see it being, but we've had an absolute huge amount of inquiries for pepper sales this year. Uh, well, this last few, few months, I say this year, I mean, just in the last few months. And we've secured a deal, our first ever deal to Romania with 24 animals due to make the journey next month. And that was all through social media. So that's pretty crazy. So yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great tool. Um, social media can be a very dangerous tool, but used in the right way, it can be um, a very educational, and a very helpful tool, I find. Good. So to round it up, what would your top tips be, Carrie-Anne, for people wanting to start up a social media well, account for their business? First and foremost, I would say tell your story. People love a story. That's what I found most uh, most on what I share. I, I always get um, sort of elbowed by my husband, Fraser, and even my brother-in-law, oh, why are you taking so long? Like, what are you writing? Oh my goodness, you're writing such an essay. And I was like, well, actually, people love to read it. They they love mm -hmm. they love to go into the in-depth information. And um, people that have don't even have any clue about cattle, that have no interest and no ambition to get any cattle, they just love to read it. It's just it's a story, and it, it's sort of I'm telling sort of the legacy of our plan, of where it started, where it's come to now, where everything goes back to, how we manage our cattle things like that so yeah my, that would be my first thing would be to say to tell your story also people are being well I, th I think anyway this is just what I've gathered from what I've been seeing on social media myself I think people with obviously with COVID obviously having restrictions of what's coming in and out of the UK people are being more vigilant about food standards now and they are looking into where their food comes from and um, what the process has been involved I mean the UK do actually have the probably the highest food welfare standards in the world I think and I think people are paying more attention to that and that's sort of shown with um, lamb sales being on the rise you know the prices have been up this year which is quite good so yeah if you like what, whatever you're doing um, like for, for example we're organic and share uh, I share how we are organic what, what we do same that's why I would suggest to somebody else to do like how you manage your product whatever that product may be supposing it's vegetables if you're fertilizing them organically show that show people how you do it when you do it what, why you do it and yeah and just um cute pictures of animals tend to help as well <laughs> and humor humor is a big one I always I always like although my I do tell I do tell stories if I, if I can I do try to add in a little bit of humor as well it's always true, it always has happened, but with a bit of a humorous twist, um, people tend to like that. <laughs> Keeps people engaged. <laughs> That's great. They love to hear about me getting stuck in the sand or in the mud again, and me having a meltdown because of the sheep. People enjoy that a lot, so <laughs> they enjoy <Good> misfortune. <laughs> Thank you very much, Karyam, for, for joining us. Oh, yeah. And for people that don't already follow you, do you want to... 
to point them in the right direction of where to go. We've got Ardvan Highland Cattle as the Facebook cattle page. I didn't bother to set a separate one up for Instagram because then I would have to be posting the same thing twice because that's all my own personal Instagram is. It's pretty much cows. So that is Ardvan underscore Carrion. That's my Instagram handle. So yeah, you can follow me and the Adventures of the Cows on there. Maybe even adopt them one day. <laughs> maybe, maybe, <laughs> never know. <laughs> and now Ashley's chats to Donald McSween from Lewis so we've got Donald McSween here from Ness up in Lewis how are you doing Donald? I'm excellent this uh, evening it's been a lovely day so uh, I say a lovely day I've also been mucking out hen houses so it's been as lovely a day as possible Donald can you start off just telling us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up crofting uh, well I'm Born into a crofting family, so all my early memories are to do with crofting. Uh, I remember going in the croft with my grandfather, checking sheep at lambing. I remember cutting uh, hay with him. You know, he died when I was four, so these are really early memories. And then I remember feeding sheep with my mother and just doing bits and pieces on the croft. So I've always been interested in uh, in crofting, and. Uh, I think I did what most people in the Western Isles do. If you know, if you're seen to be intelligent, you're expected to leave the islands and go away to university. And I did that. To, I went away to Strathclyde to do maths, but I, I was home by the following lambing, so I didn't last very long on the mainland. I was uh, I'm not I'm, I'm a, a country boy, and it, and it was not for me. So I came back. We, we have a well a family croft, the original family croft is seven acres, probably around 2000. My parents bought the one directly adjacent to that as well. It's another seven acres and I was given that for my 21st birthday. So probably wasn't that big a deal. It never has been a big deal to, to gain access to the croft and to become a crofter. But uh, I remember after that, I was working for the BBC and I remember tongue in cheek saying to the cameraman that I was working with, like, I don't know what I want to do when I grow up because it definitely wasn't working for the BBC. And uh, he said, you do, it's your sheep, but you just haven't figured out how to make it work for yourself yet. And then after that, I went to work for mm. uh, Coney Ellis here, the council here. And uh, I was in a European-funded project providing opportunities for young people to stay in the Western Isles through enterprise. So I was going around talking to all these young people, telling them, you know, don't just follow the money, follow your dreams, and, you know, the money will come after that. And I realized that I was going around and telling them to do this, and I wasn't doing it myself. So um, I basically just decided there and then, right, I'm going to become a, I'm going to try and become a full-time crofter, and I've been working towards that for a few years and I've been doing it full time for three and a half years now. Great. So when did you first start to use social media to tell your Crofton story? Was it a conscious uh, decision? Yes and no. Uh, I think probably 2012 lambing, I think is, is the first time I can, I can think of doing it. I was doing it on um, just using Facebook then, my own personal Facebook. And I actually got suspended from mm -hmm. Facebook for uh, three days because I had a lamb born Why? with no face. Uh, so the, this lamb was, the, the vet classed it as a fetal monster. And 
I put the picture on and, and Facebook had decided that this was graphic violence. I was really, really frustrated because I've always, what I want to do is, is tell, tell it how it really is. And, you know, crofting isn't all cute, fluffy lambs and stuff like that. That's just, it's, it's a, it's a false image. It's, it's walking in your knees in up to your knees in mud. It's dealing with dead animals, it's dealing with dying animals, you know, that, that, that stuff happens. And I got really frustrated at not being able to tell that part of my story. So I kind of moved away from Facebook then and, and I started my own blog. Um, so I was just, you know, just a, a WordPress and I was just writing, just telling the story of what I was doing on a, on a daily basis. And that kind of took off a bit and people were always talking about it. And, you know, there was things like the local schools were using it as a resource and things. And I kind of drifted back towards um, towards social media itself though then because you were getting the instant feedback you were getting um you were able to access a lot more people a lot a lot quicker and even though back in 2012 13 14 i wasn't looking for a market per se but i knew that by mm -hmm. by hooking people in and getting them to follow my story that when the day came that i was trying to sell stuff i would have you know, access to thousands of people. And that, that's the case today. I think gonna go on my phone and see like my Twitter account, I've got about six, six and a half thousand followers there. And then on uh I think on my Evan Long Facebook page I've got about I don't know, I think it's about five thousand that um that, that follow me there. So they're not they're not huge numbers compared to, you know, some people, but yeah, four thousand six hundred on, on my other Facebook page. So that is, um, you know, that's ten thousand people there that I can I can reach uh, really easily, and and it's, there's no filtering taking place. There's no distortion of my story, and uh, I can I can tell my story the way I want it to be told. And do you have a preference? Do you have a which social media platform do you prefer? Do you get better interaction from one or? It's a quite spread out. It depends what I'm doing. It depends mm -hmm. because if I'm trying to sell, uh, let's say, a meat box locally, it's it's Facebook because I have more of a a following in in, in the Western Isles. Perhaps they are. Uh, if I'm trying to sell something like um, what, what what else, like a lambskin rug or some wool that I've had made from my own sheep then twitter is good for that because it's i've got more people there and it's spread out all over the world and i've sent products you know to america to australia to europe so it, you know you can reach people uh far and wide there there's a there's a ready-made market there that you know if i'd been doing this 15 years ago i wouldn't be i wouldn't be able to reach all these people i'd be living in a in a much smaller marketplace and a much smaller uh number of people that i'd be able to reach so you've got a local following but you said they that you can reach out to across europe so what kind of people follow you is it all people in agriculture is it a bit of a mix what's your stereotypical uh, I follower i don't i don't know why but there are a lot of women who follow the page uh, and, and I would like to think it's just because they've seen photos of me, <laughs> but uh, no, I don't think so. Um, 
the, I don't, I don't, I don't know uh, why, why people follow, but I, I'd like to think it's because I, I tell it how it is. You know, there's the, there's the, the, the ugly side as well as the, as the cute lambs. Yeah, the cute lambs are going to get you likes and stuff like that, but I, I have to say that the, 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 the other side does get more interaction. Uh, so people will be asking questions, and I, I think it's, it's also. You've got to paint a, a real picture uh, uh, because you don't want people are always interested in crofting. If they, if they, you know, they, they'll 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 have heard of crofting quite often, but they won't have a clue what it actually means. And mm-hmm. you know, people will think, oh well, I'm going to go and buy a croft and I'm going to live the good life. And it's not easy. You've got to go in with your eyes open, and that's what I try. That's the message that I try and put out there. It is, uh, you know, it's it's I I love what I do. But it's not easy, and there's times when it's really, really challenging. When you've, you know, you've got to have a whatever, you know, yeah, have to put down your best, your your favorite sheep, or you know, you've you're some something's happening, and you've got a three weeks of pouring rain, and everything is sludge, and you know, it's it. But if you post a picture of, uh, you know, walking in the croft on you know a beautiful summer's day, you think. You think everything was easy and you know it's not like that all the time what kind of questions do you get asked donald do people tend are they coming to learn from you or is it questions about your meat boxes yeah sometimes people come and ask specific questions about products you know i've got, I've got i try and i've got a few different things that i that i uh, that i try and sell from uh, from different different parts of the croft you know different livestock um, but I think people quite often come and ask just random questions. I've had somebody find my phone number from my Facebook page and phone me uh, from London concerned about a duck that he'd just seen. I'm like, I have a clue. <laughs> you know, so you do, you do. This is, this is not somebody that I'd ever, I'd ever met before that I don't know. They just, they, they had, uh, they couldn't think of who else to ask about, about this duck that they'd just seen. So uh, there are lots of random uh, things that are asked, and uh, you know it's hard. You can't you can't pigeonhole it. it uh, but what what I've started to do recently is um, is my Instagram, my other lot Instagram. I've started doing that in Gaelic, and I'm doing like Instagram stories, mm. but they're also shown on on my my business Facebook page as well. So that is a bit like it's, again, it's a bit like just talking about what I'm doing, but also kind of boring stuff that people, like you wouldn't normally share. So the other day I was selling lambs and I was talking people through the movement forum for uh, for sending sheep away. You know, that's not something that you would tend to show on your social media or I normally wouldn't have thought about doing that, but it's a little bit of an educational side of things. And, I'm, you know, I'm fortunate of you know potentially unique in in crofting and that i've got my own tv program on bbc all up so i i've got experience of just talking rubbish in front of a camera so that makes it um, makes it really really easy for me i don't have to i don't have to think about it i'm just i'm just talking and i've i've um i've done a lot with uh, kids and stuff as well so uh, from the educational side of things so i know i know what kind of stuff people need to know but they're maybe sometimes a little bit uh, embarrassed to ask questions about you know just random stuff like movement forms for sheep and things like that so 
It's about, I, just, I don't know, I, I talk a lot of rubbish and I've just started recording it. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's easy for me. Have you had any backlash? Have you had any negativity? <laughs> Plenty, yeah. How do you respond to um, that? How do you, how do you get around it? Uh, quite often it's just block and move on because some of the stuff, if it's, if, if mm. it's, if it's stuff that I uh, wouldn't put up with in real life, why should I put up with it in social media? So easiest thing is just to block and move on. If it's trolling or something mm. like that, that, that there's, there's no, there's no benefit for me to engage in, in some of that stuff. Some of the stuff comes from ignorance and I will try and, you know, highlight that, you know, challenge it. I will challenge stereotypes. I will challenge um, any anybody that attacks, you know, my way of life, uh, whether that be Gaelic or crofting or island life or anything like that. Uh, you, you you do get quite a lot of that, and I think one of the one of the things quite often more more so on Twitter than on Facebook, it would be the likes of, you know, vegans, uh, and I just <laughs> quite bluntly ask them, you know. Do you eat heather? No, but my sheep and cattle do, and that's that's the only thing that will eat the fifty thousand acres of, uh, of of rough grazing that we've got on our, on our estate. Um, I can be quite rude like that, but um, it depends on, what, on how the how the the other person has approached it. If they're asking a genuine question or want to make a genuine point, that's absolutely no problem. But I will meet fire with fire. Yeah, I think I think it's 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 different kind of things. Uh, like that that would be more on Twitter. Then on, on Facebook, it's it's funny how it all works out because Facebook, I would say, is more. Uh, it's 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 not as widespread. The the audience that I have is not as widespread. It's more Highlands and Islands, perhaps, or people with Highlands and Islands connections. Um, I've always found that there are difficulties in small communities. If you stick your head above the parapet, people will have pot shots at you. And that's one thing I think you've got to you've got mm-hmm. to be prepared for. If you are if if you're highlighting anything that you know, like I say, a movement for some people will say, "Oh, why are you putting that on? That's just you know, that's just being stupid, and you're just you're 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 nothing special." That's fine. Somebody will find it interesting. If you don't find it interesting, that's that's not my problem. You don't have to engage with it. But if you're engaging with me to belittle me because of something that you find boring, I just say to them, "Well, thanks for watching." You know, I don't, I, I don't, I don't follow you. You're, you're the one who's sitting there, uh, <laughs> watching, watching what I'm doing. And same, you know, some people, I, I, I know we're talking social media, but you know, be saying some people would be saying something about uh, something on the TV program. I'm like, well, thanks for watching. That's it. And then when I, when I say that, they're like, okay, yeah, you got me there. I've sat for half an hour and watched you in my living room, and you know, that's. Uh, that's that's as simple as it is, really. Would you say that you have a post and sch- a schedule, or is it quite ad hoc? It can be just whatever I feel like. Uh, like right now, I've mm-hmm. probably the last week I've only posted once or twice. Uh, it it honestly just depends on what I feel like. I will try and uh, and and post things at certain times if I'm really really busy. Um, so it, it, it makes it difficult because you're trying to juggle too many things. Uh, but I'll try and mm-hmm. post an update now and again. And it, you've got to find the, 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 the happy balance as well because 
if if you're lambing, for example, and you're posting a picture of every single lamb that's born, and you're posting twenty pictures of lambs every day, you're just going to turn people off what you're doing. Uh, you've got to try and mm-hmm. and uh, you know not not make people sick of, of what you're seeing. If you're posting the same stuff all the time, uh, you've got to have variety, and I think that's uh, that's that's uh, that's the important thing. And videos, I mean, it's it's funny how how things social media has changed so much, even in the ten or so years that I've been I've been doing it. To begin with, it was just text, mainly text, and then it was lots of. Uh, lots of photos and now i have to say there's more and more video that, that i use because videos are easier to tell more of a story in a in a shorter amount of time and you know it's interesting to see like i can i can get instant feedback on uh, as well if a story is good or if a story is not good if i look at uh, my my um the stats on instagram with stories for example uh if i can see that yeah. 500 people have watched the first part of the story and only 300 have watched the final part and i can see well people have got bored and, and they've turned off uh so you can see where you retain the the, the interest of the of the audience uh and, and that gives you an idea of what people want to see what they want to see it's it's what what is actually happening so you're a crofter that's using social media how do you think that using social media can benefit other crofters and small-scale producers how has it benefited your business? It, 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 there's no filter between me and my market. That's that's the thing. So I can tell my story. I don't yeah. have to um, rely on somebody else to tell that story. I don't have to pay somebody else to, to, to tell that story because I'm, I'm talking about telling my story, but it's marketing. That's what it is. You have to put in that input early doors and not get much back. You know, you're going to start at mm-hmm. zero. You've got to you've got to build up a following. I haven't spent a single penny in like Facebook advertising or anything like that. I haven't done a single thing of that. And every time I've got something to sell, I sell it. I've never been stuck. It, the, the the market is there. People are interested, and and also people will if they're engaging with you. You know, Facebook has this thing called super fans now. I I I uh, I'm not totally aware of the super fan side of things because I don't use my personal Facebook anymore. My personal Facebook is kind of it's kind of dead and I, I've only got it active because uh, I need it for my, for my business page. But super fans are there now and, and people are saying, oh, look, I'm a super fan and it's like a wee badge of honor for them. And it's really interesting to see that, that they have chosen to become super fans of my page. And, you know, if you'd said you were going to be a super fan of a crafting page, you'd be like, what? talking about but yeah people do enjoy uh that and i think they all they almost feel a sense of ownership over things as well because they followed me throughout the years about uh, the ups and downs and what i'm doing and i can you know like I, there was there was a sheep a few years ago that lost an eye to a crow and then she had a set of twins this year and i'm like saying well remember this tw- remember this sheep from a couple of years ago that lost her eye these are her twins now and you know and people are like Oh yeah, I remember that. And, you know, they, so they have a maybe a little bit of ownership over the story, and they you know they engage a lot. And you know, the whole the whole point of it at the end of the day is to, is to earn a living, and it it helps towards that as well. And would you say has having your social media platforms helped you with the pandemic? Has that 
if you, you, if you struggle to sell anything or is your kind of business being the same? The week before, the Thursday before lockdown, I collected something like 32 lambskin rugs. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do with all of these? It was, I can't, it was, you know, several thousand pounds I just spent on it. And I was like, what the heck am I going to do with all these things? There's no tourists are going to be coming. The, the tourist market is what, what these uh, rugs were, were aimed for. I'm like, I'm just going to be stuck out of pocket. I put it on Twitter and mm -hmm. within a week I'd covered my costs. So uh, that was purely from, from social media. I think within... 48 hours I'd, I'd covered my costs and you know since then i think i've got i think i've got two left behind me here and that's that's it so um that's all gone via social media there's no no um no marketing any other way it's just people people uh seeing the, the stuff on social media and helping me out basically digging me out of a hole there yeah so you'd say for like others small scale producers and crofters that are thinking about dipping into the world of social media that there is already there's a, there's a community there for you that that want to buy what they what they've got to sell they're not going to buy it just because it's it's, it's there they've, you, you've got to give them a reason to buy it you know it's not a case yeah. of oh well he's selling stuff i'm, I'm going to buy it they've got to like i say they've got to, they've got to you've got to engage with them you've got to tell you've a got story to yourself you yeah you've got to have that story it is marketing, but it's you know it's a bit it's a bit um, it's a bit blunt to call it marketing, and, and maybe also a bit daunting to to, to somebody say, well, I'm I'm not good at marketing, but you can say I am, uh, mm -hmm. I'm good at telling my story, you know, it's just tell your story, see what people mm -hmm. want want to hear, um, and and give them more of that, and then give, give you know put your own twist in it as well, but don't go into it expecting you know on day one. Well, I'm go I'm going to sell all this stuff. That's not going to work out. If if you go in too early or too often trying to sell stuff, I think it puts people off. Like, well, I'm not here for the marketing. I'm I'm here for the for the story. So you really you got to be careful. You can you can ruin it as well if you're if you're too too hasty. And I, and I've had that as well. I've seen that as well. You know, I've been marketing one thing, and then people have been on my page saying, "Oh, I I've got the same thing, and I, I'll do it for five pounds less." And it's like. Well, okay, and then people come to me, and I'm like, if they're doing it for five pounds less, that's fine. Yeah, you know, they but they they bought off me in the end anyway. But you, you've got to be you've got to be aware of these things that that, that if if you if you go in, you know, you know, too hard, too fast, you you'll you'll turn people off. And that, that that I've I've definitely been turned off following some people's social media because I'm like, well, I'm not here just to be to have sales shoved down my throat to kind of uh, make sure i don't do too much of that i've over the last year started an email list so instead of um spamming everybody through uh through social media i've started saying well if you're interested in what i'm selling put your name down for my email list and i will send you out an email every now and again because it's also easy to miss stuff on social media if i'm saying you know, I've got lamb meat boxes next week. You know, people haven't seen it in their feed that day, then they might not see it at all. So the the, the email list side of things complements it uh, really well, and they're, they're able to. I'm able to be more pushy almost there, and and, and be, have more direct sales 
and like I, I sold half a beef carcass in 45 minutes through the, through the email list so it's you know that that works because you you know that these people want to engage in sales and the, you know there's only about I think mm-hmm. it's maybe 150 odd people on that email list and I, I've been getting a very high rate of return from from people who are deliberately wanting information about about what they can buy. So you've been building up your online presence since 2012, but what what opportunities have come about for you from your social media? Anything exciting? I think, I think my TV program came out of social media because that what I started doing. No biggie. Start filming a lot for <laughs> for uh, BBC Alapa in 2014. So that was just two years after um, I did the social media thing. I could have been doing what, what I'm doing. I'm not putting anything on social media and people might not have been as aware and, you know, BBC Alapa might not have been as aware of it and would perhaps wouldn't have thought about it. But I know I'm good at, at talking. I'm, sorry, I'm a Gaelic speaker as well as an English speaker. BBC Alapa was a, it's, it's a good fit for me. And the, the production company are based in Stornoway, so they're what, 25 minutes away. And that, I, I, I'm sure that, that, that this programme that we're now filming, Series 5 and, well, Series 6, if you include the lockdown specials we did, then that's six years of work that I got out of, uh, I've got out of social media. So that's, that's one of the interesting things, and it's led on to other opportunities as well. And... Uh, you know, th- th- things like winning Young Crofter of the Year. I- I- I'm pretty sure that if I hadn't uh, had the social media presence to begin with, then I wouldn't have won that competition when the Scottish Crofting Federation ran it initially in 2018. That won other awards as well, and I-, and I think a lot of it is off the back of-, of social media. And even though I've got the TV programme, um, there's a lot of people who for one reason or another, don't watch TV and they're more aware of me because of social media rather than because of the, of the TV programme. So to wrap it up, what would your top tips be for someone thinking about starting up social media pages for, top, for their business? Top tips are do it often, but not too often. Tell the story you want to tell, not just what you think people want to hear. Okay, good tips. Thanks very much for joining us for the podcast, Donald. (laughs) No bother at all. For further information, please go to the Farmer Advisory Service website on faz.scot or if you need further advice, call the helpline on 0300 323 0161.